0: Welcome to the Neighborhood Realtor Podcast with me, your host, Matt Muscat. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals who are doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books or blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because smart salespeople don't need to reinvent the wheel. My promise to you is that in each episode, you'll leave with one tangible idea that you can take to the bank. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Just a reminder, we are now the Neighborhood Realtor Podcast. We switched away from marketing and other markets. Same great content, new great title. Today's a little weird. Instead of being over in Zoom land, I'm sitting face to face, bad breath and everything, mine not his, with a friend and one of the best real estate agents I've had the privilege of working with, but also learning from. So today I'm here with Mark Brace, realtor, team leader in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Welcome, Mark.
1: How's it going Matt? Good uh, to
0: see you. Usually when I'm sitting with Mark, usually there's wine, pretty women, mainly our wives. Um, but so this is a little different. We're in a basement with no windows, but I think it's still going to be very fun. And we're drinking from a red solo cup and it is water. So a little <laughs> bit different than usual, but Mark, I feel like I've known you for forever, but not everyone out there knows you. So tell everyone how long you've been in the real estate business and what was your production in 2021?
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks for the great introduction, Matt. Um, so I have been in the real estate business. I've been licensed since 2004. I got serious in residential in 2006. For Those of you that aren't in Michigan, that's when the market went bad in Michigan. So you got um, serious because you had to. No, actually, I got serious the month before the market turned. So I got serious at the top of the market in 2006. I, I was like, hey, I'm gonna do residential in May of 2006. And then June was the top. And so basically my first six, You know, five years, we're in a down market. Well, I mean, that's
0: like, this is not where I thought the podcast was going to go today, but let's talk about today, right? So I started in 2010 and almost, it was a bottom, it was a down market, but every single day since 2010 until about a month and a half ago, the market went up by a percentage. And I don't think the entire world market went up just because I got into real estate, although I like to hope that that was something to do with it. But in all reality, I think a lot of people listening to the show have never experienced it on market, or maybe only the tail end of the last one. Yeah. So you got into it, and then the market went terrible. What kinds of things did you figure out that you're still doing today? I mean, that's, that's huge. If you can make it in that market, you can make it in any market, including whatever the hell is going on outside right now.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's so hard to remember because it was a, a long time ago, but I just remember that. You just needed to be, you just needed to have a really strong mental frame because it was really easy to let outside influences control your thoughts. Like the media? Uh, yeah, just all outside influences. And um, so over half of the realtors in our area got out of the business and I, I just kept telling myself, hey, that's good. That's a blessing. You know, there's going to be more business for me, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, first serious year in real estate, i Did six open houses a weekend. Um, You know, I hustled, hustled, hustled. And I just, I I was surrounded by some amazing um, mentors. I think that's something that a lot of people overlook as well is how important it is to have a mentor. I think everyone just says, Hey, I'm just going to get some training and coaching. But, you know, actually having somebody that takes you under their wing shows you how to. You know, takes you out on listing appointments and shows you how to handle clients and helps you work through all the tough situations um, is phenomenal. So yeah, that first year I sold 1.7 million in homes. In one day? No, no. First year. Oh, so Mark Brace of
0: the past, not today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was like, oh man, I'm the king of the world. I sold 12 homes on open houses. I, I started at ground zero. Friends, family, nobody gave me any referrals. Um, I had to hustle to get everything and, um, you know, there was absolutely no silver spoon anywhere, any connections, anything. And, um, you know, last year with a team of seven agents, we did $125 million.
0: So just to like slush it down for a second, you went from $1.5 in your first year in a, in a strange market to over $120 million in sales. I mean, that, those are some serious, awesome numbers. And for everyone out there, like I think most of you know, we're in Michigan. Our average price points are not that high like you're working with everything from $100,000 homes upwards of, you know, two or $3,000,000 homes. But yep. the vast majority, of that's probably in that like what, three dollars to $700,000 range.
1: Our team was a little over 400 was our average sales price. But yeah, you know, we sold, I think it was 15 or 16 million plus properties in Grand Rapids. And it's been quite a journey. I think probably around 2004, Thirteen was when I started having some big fundamental shifts where I started to stop concentrating so much on tactical real estate.
0: And what does that mean, Mark? Like, what is tactical real estate?
1: um, Tactical real estate is like what to say when scripts, uh, you know, how to hold open houses, how to do your listing presentations, I started focusing mainly on mindset at that time, and back in 2014, that was you know probably a term that wasn't used very much. I feel like it's overused now. You know, when uh, a couple couple quotes come to mind, um, I think it, I think it was Tony Robbins. I could be wrong, but he said success is 20% skill or natural ability, 20% of success is coaching and mentorship, and 60% of success is mindset. And so I, I kind of decided, hey, you know, I'm gonna spend some time working on that. Uh, Jim Rohn said, and I believe it's Jim Rohn. I could get all these people wrong, but Jim Rohn said, uh, if you focus on um, your your job, you'll make a living. But if you focus on yourself, you'll make a fortune. I love
0: that When I think you. you there's a couple of nuggets there to unpack. So the first one for anyone looking for like the write this down moment, if you can't. Come up with immediately the name of who your mentor is in this business. You don't have one. It's hugely important. Almost every top producing agent we've had on this show said at some point in their career, they had a mentor they started with. And that mentor can change based on what you're looking for and what your needs are and what you're trying to learn. But if you can't isolate who that name is in your life, you need to go find one today. The second thing is, is your mindset and positivity. 2014 when you decided to focus on mindset, it was interesting because there was so much negativity out there from the past 5 years and then it was actually a pretty calm time. Yeah. When we look at today's market, we're getting all kinds of negative negative ideas from the media. Oh, it's a terrible time to buy a house. Interest rates are up. Well, they're still lower than they were for you know, the majority of human history, but yes, they are higher than they were last year. Oh, the market's crashing because home prices only went up 12% since last year, not 30%. I mean, we're <laughs> chuckling here, but this is the stuff that we're seeing out there. And when I talk to, when I talk to realtors, I can, I can feel their genuine concern. The problem is that when those same realtors are talking to their customers, if they're not exuding confidence and positivity, their customers aren't getting that either. And that's going to hurt all of us in the long run. Like I think positivity needs to be the lesson of the, of the year right now. In order for the market to to not do bad things, we all need to tell people the wonderful ways they can use real estate to work for them and their family.
1: Yeah, I I mean I agree. I think probably the biggest problem of what's happening this year in our market is uh, that fear is getting mainlined into us, just like an IV drip. Uh, it doesn't matter where you turn, world politics, you know, U.S. politics real estate, finance, stock market, whatever. It's just mainline fear, just right in your arm. And I mean, obviously the way to combat that is to know your stuff uh, in real estate specifically. Don't get your news from the news, be the news. And I think part of the epidemic in the real estate world is, is a lot of people don't know their stuff or know how to know their stuff. So they just repeat what they hear. And, um, you know, if you do the numbers and the statistics in your market, you know, you'll be able to see like how many homes really are we down from last year, which happens to be the best real estate market earth has ever seen. So we really only had one direction to go. So it's not a sensational headline. Um, you know, when we're down, when the intensity is just a little less than it was, like how much less is, is, is
0: it 5%? and I think, right, that's a different word, right? Like the word is not downturn. The word is deceleration. Acceleration is the rate of change. And right now we actually have a really positive thing going in the market. It's just going at a different pace than it was before. And it's going for a different, you know, sometimes a different set of people. Right. Um, but we're, we're in control of that. When we talk about, we, you know, every realtor should be, every lender should be, reaching out to their past clients more, but they don't do it because they don't know what to say. Mark, you just answered the question, the topic, the conversation is the market. It's showing your local knowledge and those numbers change every day. Like there's always another listing in the market that you're hitting. There's always another sale, another comp, another something, something else is happening. And it might be, it might be, you know, Oh, Hey, your clients are buying a house off X, Y, Z street. And you, because you're the expert, know what four or five businesses are about to move into town. What is that going to do to home values? Yep. What projects are happening? What are getting What's getting canceled? What's happening? Those are the kinds of updates that it's okay to call your clients with, just to reach out. They're going to appreciate it. And then, by the way, you can ask them what else they need. Do they need Do they need a referral to an X, Y, or Z? You, as the realtor, the community expert, have that referral. Yep. Um, just makes it a great, great time to reach out. So, of that 120 million, where is most of that coming from?
1: Yeah, so uh, the majority of our team's business uh, it was about sixty-three percent last year. Was all past client and referral business. Uh, we care about our clients. You know they can feel it and they know we care. And you know, oftentimes when we're in properties that you know may be bad, we're like, hey, the, you know, I I don't really think this is a good one for you to buy. I will tell them that, and sometimes I'll still sell them the property, but. My conscience is clear because I said I don't think it's a good property.
0: When it builds trust and keeps people (laughs) coming back to you. Yeah. I think especially like I'll see realtors that that do showings and like with a younger buyer and their parents come through. And every parent just assumes that the realtor is just there to sell something, right? Like every parent thinks like, oh, every realtor is just there to make a commission off my kid and they just want to sell the house. So it's almost like a disarming thing when you come through and say, this isn't going to be the house for you. You catch them completely off guard. And then all of a sudden it's trust moving forward. Because then when you say this is the house yeah. and you've already taken the time to understand their lifestyle, where are they working, what are they into, what's important to them, they're gonna, you're going to understand what to sell them, what to show them and what not to show them, which protects your time. Yep. But also it builds trust. And I love that.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's not like a hard concept. You just care about your people. If you care about your people, you're just going to be honest. It's also about, you know, it takes like, I think for a lot of people
0: out there, they're going to say like, oh, it's easy for a realtor doing $120 million a year to tell clients no. But a lot of people out there who've done less deals, it can be hard for them to tell them like this, you shouldn't buy this house because they're counting on that paycheck. But it's making sure that you don't seem desperate to the client because desperation stinks. And although a lot of us do need that, do need that check right now. It's important to think, okay, how am I going to go about getting this? And how is that going to affect the future, my future relationship with this customer?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And now a message from our sponsors. The Neighborhood Realtor is made possible by the generous support of Treadstone Funding and Neighborhood Loans. With locations all over the U.S., Neighborhood Loans believes in doing mortgages better, faster, smarter, and creating personal relationships with their clients and realtors. So a couple other questions. I know one thing that you do really well that I, that I don't see from a lot of team leaders with numbers like yours, you primarily work with your own sphere and your own past clients. When a customer comes to you and they're a personal referral or your past client, you don't pass them on. Um, and I mean, yeah. obviously, if you're sick, you're on vacation doing something, you know, someone else might help them with uh, with showing Xwayze. But yeah. primarily, you work with your people. And yeah. I've heard really great things in our community about that. Um, how have you managed to do that with numbers like you do? Because obviously time is time is money.
1: It's clear that I love what I do and I love helping people. So because I got to where I am now because I was a good realtor, doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate perfectly into being a great team leader. And if I made all of my time leading my team, you know, if that's going to translate as well. So I love what I do. I know that it's contrary to what every business coach out there says. So I just, I like to be in the market. I like to know what's happening. I like to know all of the inventory, you know, especially in the luxury market. I, you know, I've been in all of the ones that are for sale. So I know which ones smell like cat pee and why that one didn't sell and why that one sold for more. It keeps me as a strong edge when I'm out listing because I know all the other properties. It's not that I just like saw them on the MLS.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's, that's a huge point. Like as you're growing and scaling, it's okay to still do the work because if you don't, it's going to be harder to help your team with that. When you're a brand new agent who has you know her or his first year in the business, when they have a problem, if you've been out of production for five years, how would you, how would you help them with it, right? <laughs> it would be a challenging place. So I think the big lesson for everyone out there is as you're scaling up, make sure to keep time in the business that you originally excelled in and loved. Unless you hate the business, then then replace yourself and, and just make less money and figure it
1: out. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I I obviously love what I do, but I have to give kudos to my team and my staff. They are all phenomenal. I would definitely not be where I am today without the support of uh, my office and my agents.
0: And so that support from your office and your agents, it didn't happen because you posted a random ad online and you hired the first person that came. You, I mean, I think you have to give yourself more credit. Like you have a pretty specific yeah. process for hiring, not hiring, and then for how you're going to work with someone once they're on their team, on your team. how Walk us through without?
1: Yeah, sure. So again, this is probably going to be the opposite of everything you hear from any coach ever.
0: Um, Which is okay, <laughs> right? We've had a lot of coaches on the show and they've given their opinion. Now I want to hear yours.
1: <laughs> so I, I mean, maybe it's partly because I'm a contrarian by nature, where if everyone says do X, I'm going to do Y. But uh, so from a hiring process... I go through a rigorous process anywhere from like three to five steps. Uh, You know, the personality assessments, just one where, you know, we have them do that and we evaluate it, which everyone's probably familiar with that by now. But um, so I've, through the years and experience and wisdom, kind of figured out what personalities I feel are going to fit well in a team and going to work well as a team. And not only do I look at the personality, but I evaluate if they're, uh, a, a positive individual, or if they're negative, if they're you know if their verbiage is empowering or disempowering, you know. So there's a lot of different things that I work through, and then you know normally I'll have my wife meet with uh, the prospective agent because I want female intuition, and I trust her greatly with that too. So you know we kind of go through that process, and then the 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 reward of taking a lot of time to hire and somewhere between five and twenty people I interview before I hire someone is. You know, I don't want people that I have to micromanage. And I know a lot of the coaches are like, you know, you have to manage your people. You have to inspect what you expect. And, you know, you have to have accountability, accountability, accountability. Well, you know, I mean, I get that. And I, you know, but I I would rather just hire people that I don't have to worry about that.
0: You want to assume that they are doing the right thing every time. You want to assume that they know how to do things and that they're getting it done when you're not around.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if you have to do that, you did a bad job hiring. That's just my personal take on that. If they're not there to work and make money and do everything with the, you know, the best intent and you have to push them and force them and hold them accountable, it's a job for them. And it's, it's not, you know, a career or a passion or, you know, they're not, they don't have a wire or whatever. So, I would say, you know, spend an immense amount of time evaluating people before you hire them. I know that that is probably one thing I do way better than a lot of my peers.
0: That's awesome. So, I know the other thing you you do a really good job at is really, really loving on your past clients. Can you give us some examples of some of the events that you've done for past clients as well as like some of the ways that you touch them? And I know you don't do a lot of automated crap. And that's what I like yeah. because you know, so many agents say they want to be in luxury. They want to be in a certain niche, but then you ask them about their marketing. It's like, oh, well, I send out an email campaign and I'm on a national magazine that my face is on the back of. And I think like, you know, as someone who aspires to one day be buying more luxury properties, that wouldn't do it for me. So how are you, how are you respectfully marketing your clients?
1: You know, again, I'm just going to be contrary to a lot of the coaches and a lot of things here. And, and, and I mean that respectfully. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of good ideas out there, but I always try to put myself in the role of the consumer. You know, is this some is that something that I would like? Like, if would I like a newsletter? No. I, I've never liked a newsletter in my life. In fact, if I see that it's a newsletter, it hits the trash before I get to the letter E in news. And you might have just you might also <laughs> and unsubscribe. And and I didn't even know who sent it to me because I don't care. Like it's trash. <laughs> so I I always kind of just always, you know, what is is, is it something that's going to would irritate me as a consumer? And if it is, then I don't do it. So, again, I'm opposite on like everything where it's like, hey, have people sign up to look at pictures or have people to register to, to get more information. And I'm like, if I get on a website and there's a registration page pops up, I just say, hey, I'm on the wrong website. I got to find another one.
0: And with the internet, you'll always find what you want for free somewhere.
1: And so, I, I, you know, forcing people to register for anything, and then, and then follow this up, and and then uh, pester them by calling and emailing when all they wanted to do was look at some pictures, and they may not even be a buyer or seller. Wait, you don't think that million
0: dollar buyers and sellers want to talk to the ISA you hired in in another country? I'm kidding. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just teasing. But in general, I think the lesson here. And by the way, I'm not saying that those strategy. We're not saying that those strategies are wrong. We're just saying that that's not what Mark has done to get there. Correct. I think the the litmus test that every agent out there should apply to their business is to simply take all of the marketing and client communication that you're doing, write it down, and answer this one question: Would this annoy me? I think we could all agree that if you think that the marketing is annoying and it annoys you, you shouldn't hit your clients with that.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: And yep. It, it keeps it pretty easy. So Mark, I know we could talk all day, but give me one more item. Something you're doing that, that's worked, where you got your last deal from, something awesome happening out there. And then we're going to let everyone else go close their million dollars in listings.
1: My last deal is just uh, actually a trainer at my gym. And I sold a piece of land a couple hours away from Grand Rapids. Well,
0: I think the big thing is, Your last deal came from what you do in your normal life. Correct. Big, big, easy takeaway for everyone. We're all going to a gym. We're all going to spend our money in different places. If you are a salesperson out there, really in any, in any industry to simply look at the places that you spend your time every single day, the places you spend your money every single day and think, do these people know what I do for a living? Do the people that I support know how they could support me and Number two, and this is the critical one that I think you've easily, you've done a good job with. If you got that deal from him, do do they know that you're competent at what you do, and are they comfortable going to you for help when they need it? If you can answer yes for those, you will get business simply from being around and about in your community. And I absolutely love that that worked for you. Yep. But it's also it's not rocket science.
1: No, it's not. There's and and I, I you know I don't know if I said this earlier in our talk or whatever, but. Um, I, I just, uh, I know that everyone, you know, I just, I've always kind of that elusive, like, Hey, what's the one thing I need to do that's going to make me successful. And it's, it's not one thing. It's probably the culmination of like 50 things or more. And then, you know, things drop off the list. I mean, things I was doing four or five years ago don't work today. And I've had many lead sources that have, you know, gone away, uh, you know, back in, 2008 to 2010, like I did some local bank foreclosure accounts and those dried up and went away, you know? And so there's always things that are, um, changing. So, I mean, things that work today are probably not going to work a year or two from now. So there's always being like kind of educating yourself on, you know, trying to stay in front of some technology, but You know, in the end, it's all about the customer. It's all about the consumer. So, you know, just making sure that people know you're good at what you do. They know that you care. Like if if people know you care, that's half the battle. That's half the battle. And, you know, with sellers, they want to know that you know what you're doing. They want to know you've got a proven system. They want to know your track record. And they want to know that you're going to get it done. And you're going to get them the most money. So, I mean, it's a little bit two different spectrums, but um, I I would say that, you know, when you work on yourself on the inside, when you work on fixing you and, you know, doing Tony Robbins and things like that, where you don't, ha- you're not leaning into them, you're not selling, you're just a good person and you're positive. And people want to be around people that are positive. Like if if you show up and the realtor is like, hey, how you doing? And the, and the realtor is like, well, I'm really excited today. They're gonna to be like, oh boy. <laughs> it's already it's
0: already the conversation's already over.
1: Yeah, like we got we gotta work on a few things here.
0: There's some yeah. law there's some law of attraction type stuff. And I think we're all coming into every showing and coming into every listening moment from something else in our life in a different mood. But we have to turn it up and we have to do like a one minute mental check before we go into a meeting just to make sure we're casting the right light on um on our clients.
1: Yeah, it and I just I always try to be like a uh, you know, there's some talk about there about being authentic and genuine, but I'm just me. So, you know, I I just, uh, you know, I'm unapologetic. You know, I sometimes I'll say things that people don't want to hear and but it's something they need to hear. And I'll make fun of myself for something that happened 10 minutes ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's a lot of other realtors out out there in the country and podcast land who are also a little bit contrarian, who vibed with your sense of humor. If they wanted to send you a referral, how would they get a hold of you?
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't even think that was part of this, but um, that's
0: cool. Added bonus. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we work generally the Grand Rapids, Michigan and West Michigan environment. Um, And you can actually just think of me as a Michigan referral source. So If you have anybody coming to Michigan, I can help place you with an agent anywhere in the state. Um, but a uh, good way to reach me, uh, email is mark at bracehomes.com. And that's B-R-A-C-E-H-O-M-E-S.com. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me.
0: And if you want to get his attention on something, if you need to pick his brain, send him some really great ski stuff. He's an <laughs> avid skier. You just, what, jumped out of a helicopter yeah. with skis on. You didn't die, so that's that's awesome. But yeah. aside from skiing, is there any other secret to your heart if they want to get your attention? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I love skiing. I, you know, ski raced in college and have a ski racing pedigree and anything that has snow on it. I love skiing. It doesn't need a chairlift. Um, the, you know, other, you know, I just, and that's another thing too here. I'll just lead it. I'm sorry. I know you keep, keep going man. stuff, but I, you know, I'm just, uh, I just want to stay active. I just want to be a good human, good, positive person. So I, I, I am on a softball team and I'm on a kickball team. And I used to do volleyball and dodgeball and all these things exist. And, you know, when you're just going out and having fun, you're you're a better person because you're having fun. And it's contagious when you're a better person like it bleeds into every area of your life. So I would just say go out, do stuff, do stuff that you love, whatever it is. And, you know, when people when you are happier from doing stuff that you love, people are going to see that and they're going to want to be around you. And the more they're going to want to be around you, the more they're going to want to send you business, the more business they send you, the more repeat referral client business, et cetera, et cetera, snowballs.
0: The law of attraction works. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and everyone out there. Look forward to our next episode. Thanks again, Matt. Thanks for listening. And a huge thank you to our sponsors, Neighborhood Loans and Treadstone Mortgage. With offices around the US, their loan officers offer a realtor centric focus, personal communication from real humans, plus on time closings that frankly are faster than most of the mortgage companies. Want to be connected to a great LO? Message me, your host, for more information and I will connect you with a loan officer in your neighborhood. Want more marketing tips? Check out my book on Amazon, Tag, the Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing. And finally, if you want to support the show and hear even better guests, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you listen on.